everybody, welcome to The Great Divide. This is the special Christmas episode, or as we like to call it, The Great Divide Yuletide episode. And uh, we're sitting here in our respective studios. I've shuffled the snow so I can get into my garden shed. Uh, Tom sits in his palatio, Big Country, The Great Divide studio in America. <laughs> uh, so, fire, yeah. fire blazing. Fire blazing. Do you have snow right now? No, I do not have snow, unfortunately. That's the only thing. But well, I, do, I do have a nice fire going. Well, I guess that helps. So, ready, so I have snow ready, for both of us. It's ready to burn Santa when he comes down the chimney. <laughs> yeah, so we are in the festive spirit. And uh, this is a bonus episode. We really weren't going to do something so quickly after all the Bruce ones. But uh, I thought uh, just a, a quiet uh, slipping one out for Christmas would uh, be a special surprise for everybody. So... Mm. Here we are sitting here and uh, feeling very Christmassy. Yes. So, uh, so as we as we get into this and big country and Christmas, it's not very typical, is it? Uh, do they have any Christmas songs? Can you think of any? I don't think they do. I really don't think they have any Christmas songs that I can think of. Uh, like we were speaking a minute ago, the only thing that big country has ever done that, st- that strikes me as being synonymous with Christmas is the Do You Know It's Christmas single. And... Um, you know, uh, the thing that inspired Live Aid and all of that. And at the end, there's a long version where a lot of the people involved give personal little messages. And Stuart used to, used to well, Stuart gave a message on, on the version that they would occasionally play on the radio whenever they played the long version. Oh, yeah, this is Stuart Adams. This is Tony Bat. This is Mark Brzezicki. This is Bruce Watson from Big Country. Feed the people. Stay alive. What I did was, I, I did my best. I went hunting in the Big Country back catalog. And I came up with some songs that, uh, I don't know if they're Christmassy, but they could create some associations. And I'm going to run them by you right oh, now. Oh, good, good. Yeah, so I don't I don't know how we should do this. I could give you the song titles, and you could rate them 1 to 10, with 10 being extremely Christmassy, and 1 being, are you kidding me? <laughs> All right, I like that. Yeah, so the first song that is a candidate for a Christmas Big Country song, Ring Out Bells. Ring out bells to guide the fallen. Ring out bells to turn the heads. Oh, I would say that's a, that's a good choice. I would say that's about eight. I'd give that eight. an eight. Yeah, I'd give that's that an eight. Good. That's that, pretty good. That's very Christmassy, the more I think about it. Obviously the bells, but it's also got kind of a happy jaunty festive feel to it and just by the title alone you know it could very well be christmas yeah yeah i like that that's a good choice okay so i, I don't think that's going to be topped to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another candidate for maybe it gives some winter associations whether they be correct or not winter sky Definitely, obviously, winter associations. Uh, although that song has always been almost more fall-like for me, but um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, I could see that. I, I could see that as being like a wintry, Christmassy song in a sense. I would give that a six. Okay, pretty good. Not Especially bad. Considering what it's really about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the next one I have is Killy Cranky. Sipping on my home lights Where pay your pizza Blanky, oh 
love the song, love the version that we've heard, but I don't I don't feel much Christmassy with that song. I'd have to give that a three. Okay. So the last one, that's, uh, you know, if you look at the title, it's very Christmassy. Christmas Island. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Christmas Island about fallout, nuclear fallout and destruction and devastation. Yeah, it, it, it's the second song so far about nuclear fallout, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, wait, what's the oh, Winter Sky? Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, obviously the, the title is Christmas and Christmas invoking, but yeah, I, I can't give that much Christmassy thought, I, even with the title, I have to give that a two. Okay. So we're actually going down. I, I should have reversed the order all of these songs. But yeah. We're going way down on these ring, <laughs> ring up. You started good with ring out bells. Yeah. And uh, I didn't actually add any more. It, it's really hard to find songs with associations. So did I forget any? Well, it kind of reminds me of your tra- trajectory on these podcasts. You know, you started out so strong, and then with each which, with each passing episode, it just gets worse and worse. Oh, we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> there is one track which features on a big country album that always puts me in a Christmas festive mood. And I don't think we can call it a big country song, but it features on a very early live album. And it goes like this. As we're talking about Christmas, I was going to ask you, which big country related gift would you like to get under the tree this year? Or maybe you already got it. And obviously you mm. didn't want to be recording this, but as this is out, it's it's too late to use it as a wishing uh, list. Good question. Well, man, that's that's a very good question. You know, I haven't asked for anything big country related because I pretty much have everything that I... <laughs> that I want by them. I mean, I've got so much stuff. It just um, just tons of bootlegs and videos and DVDs of of performances. Um, but there is something that I really rediscovered recently, and I, I kind of wish I would have gotten the other ones. And that is the the box set of singles. Um, yes. 
I've got one of those, and I, I can't remember which one it is, but it's the one with Look Away on it. You have the second one. Okay, the second one. And um, I bought that for my wife, actually, a number of years ago. And in preparation for... <laughs> yeah. Do you usually buy stuff from your wife? Yeah, oh, I, I bought it for her. <laughs> okay. Not from her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in preparation for, for when we eventually do the Seer show, I was looking in, uh, looking for the Look Away single, and we'll talk about why at some future point. But um, I found that box set, and it, it's so cool. It's so cool. The, 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 it's got all the... Um, you know, the the great packaging of the singles has been reproduced really well. And um, it I was I was surprised that, you know, it's every B-side that was on the actual vinyl is reproduced here. And some of which I really don't have anywhere else. And I was I was surprised to see some of these things that I'd forgotten about existed. And, um, you know, like, uh, for example, the Hold the Heart CD single. There's a great there's a great interview there with Bruce and Stewart that was uh, a B-side of the Hold the Heart 12-inch final. So there's all that stuff. So they did, what did they do? Three of those sets? There's four. Four of them. Okay, wow. So I would like the other three that I don't have. One, three, and four. So And, uh, and I don't have any. I need one, two, three, and four. <laughs> so, so, we're not putting it out there. <laughs> Shit! Uh, as part of these Yuletide episodes, and we're hoping, by the way, this will become an annual tradition that we can have some Christmas uh, episodes. And as part of that, uh, we'll summarize the year, uh, 2012. That's the first year that this podcast has been operational. Hmm. And uh, I mean, what a year it's been. I think when this started, I mean, you started this on your own. And uh, you talked about this in the first episode, but uh, I think we should just explore the basic question one more time, which is basically why. I mean, why make a podcast? Could it have been a podcast for something else? Or was it always very clearly going to be a big country podcast or nothing? Well, it was definitely going to be a big country podcast or nothing. I mean, as I say in the first episode, I really just started listening to podcasts over the last couple of years. And... um I know they've been around for a while, but I've always been kind of a, you know, as I've gotten a little older, especially, I enjoy listening to uh, talk, talk radio and that kind of thing. Still love listening to music, too. But um, and, but it's so frustrating to listen to the radio in America because there's so many commercials. And mm-hmm. and I just so I discovered podcasts one day and I realized, you know, wow, here's something that's talking about some very focused topic about something I'm really interested in. And it may not be the most professionally recorded thing but it's people with who are really passionate about the subject talking about something that I'm really passionate about and I really just started to love listening to them and I would listen to them when I was exercising or driving to work and um it was just a lot of fun and um so yeah I I just one day it just hit me you know I wonder if there's a big country podcast and I thought I really doubt that there is but I, it would be great if there was one. And I checked and I checked on iTunes and I checked around and, you know, I didn't didn't see anything. So it just hit me that, uh, heck, I'll start one. I'll, I'll do one myself. And um, a lot a lot of the reason for that was just uh, kind of getting back into big country as time wore on. And that crossing remaster, as I mentioned on the first podcast, really kind of sparked yeah. my interest because I really – enjoyed that a lot and loved the packaging of it and 
seeing that the band was trying to get something else going now with Mike Peters and was was out there again and it just kind of it just kind of rekindled my interest and and um, enough time had passed with Stewart that I started to listen to the music in a similar way to the, the way I had listened to it when he was still alive and um, I just really enjoyed talking about the band and there really I, there really weren't many good forums anymore I mean the, the main forum on the official page was just had just become crap. You know, it was just not a place where people talked about the band really very intelligently. And most of the time it was just like personal attacks against people. And, you know, I felt like everything had been exhausted there that that really could be talked about. So. um, So, yeah, I, I started it. And my my thought from the very beginning was that I did not want want it to be just me from the, you know, as things went on. I knew I'd have to do the first one myself or. I kind of wanted to do the first one myself just to see what it was like. Mm. And, um, you know, but I, the, all the podcasts that I've really liked have had multiple hosts or, you know, at least two hosts. Mm. And I really like the way that, you know, you get it. It's so much more interesting to have a, two opinions going back and forth and maybe disagreements even. Or, and, you know, people saying, oh, you're crazy for thinking that or let's look at this and maybe – making someone realize something they hadn't thought about before too. So, so, so yeah. So as I've told you, I mean, you, you were the first person that I thought of and I don't know why that is really because I'd never even spoken to you before, but you know, we've kept in contact with, with each other for so long. Yeah. And, um, I remember when I put the first podcast out, you had sent me a message and, and just kind of (laughs) confirmed what I was already thinking. You just, you said something like, Hey, this is great. If you ever need any help, let me know. And, and, uh, I thought, well, that's good. That's because that's what I was thinking. And so I asked you if you wanted to, to join and uh, and you did. And it's just gone from there. Uh, yeah, you mentioned as part of that introduction that I was the first person you thought of. But and also you might have known that it, you never actually needed to get around to asking me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I basically came on and said, uh, hey, you know, that, that's that's good. Cool idea. When do we do the next one? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so so. Uh, you didn't have to say, can, do you want to do it? And I didn't have to say, can I join? It was just, when do we do it? And you said, compile your list of B-sides and let's go. That's right. So uh, our first topic was the top 10 list of B-side episodes. So was it a sign of things to come that we did not even manage to agree on what constitutes a B-side? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, yeah, we we didn't. And I guess we still don't agree. But it's but it's it's certainly certainly it it should not have been called the B side episode in in hindsight it should have been called just the rarities episode or something yeah non album tracks non album tracks that probably would have been the best non album tracks then we agree if you call B sides then you start getting into definitions well that's when I really first discovered just how um how specific that you were about things because you were mine <laughs> <laughs> is so specific. If you if you only knew the behind the scenes things, he would send me little <laughs> things like, "I want you to put this clip in here. It's at fifty three point <laughs> four seconds into the song," and I I just always thought of B sides. It's just one of those strange words that that lost its meaning for me. I just it was just the word B sides to me just meant anything that wasn't on an album. It meant non album tracks, but but you rightly it's said a B side. Right. Is yeah. You went back to like the real definition of it, which was you know a literal B side of an of an album or a CD or whatever. But 
Ah, that's what you tell me. That's what I go with. <laughs> that's right. But it's really funny. You're telling me on how specific I am. And I look into the living room and I have a wife there sitting there nodding. So this is a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she knows. You won't get rid of the stereotype now. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll have a few in store for you. I'm just nicer than you are. <laughs> I might be more detail-oriented, but I'm also the nice guy on this podcast. That's, not what, you, that's not what you told me. You've told me you told me that I'm the politi- politically correct nice guy. Yeah, you, you are. You, you definitely uh, weigh your words. I do. But uh, behind the scenes and on the Facebook group and in email... <laughs> You you air into me pretty nastily, but once we, once we go public, once we're on the air with these things, then we have the nice Mr. Kercheval. So um, what we thought we would do at this point is to look back at the year. We have, uh, as of the time we're recording this, 11 episodes out. Number 12 is more or less done, but not out yet. So by the time you hear this, this is going to be episode 13. But based on the first conversations we've had up to now, which five moments would Tom rank as top five swine moments? And what would I rank as the top five Tom moments? And we're not necessarily looking for the wittiest or snappiest section, although those would be very good candidates. It could be just any section that we like for whatever reason. So... um, this might be an interesting one, and maybe we'll count down like we did the non-album tracks slash B-sides. <laughs> uh, is there any definition we need to clarify before we start this time? <laughs> no, I think we're good. I, I will say this. I, I went by I went by memory with, with things that, that I remember stuck out with me. Um, yeah. I, I, I did not go back and listen to a lot of them, but I wanted to. I just didn't get a chance, but I, I feel like I've got a pretty strong list here of things that stuck out with me that okay i found yeah. were worthy of the top five if you remember it that's probably a good indication yeah exactly yeah so i listened through absolutely everything of course you did for... <laughs> 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 no i didn't <laughs> but i had a few clear candidates as well it really wasn't too hard i mean four of them I knew right off the bat, and then I had to think a little closer for the fifth, but I got there. <laughs> and I even have a bonus sixth, so maybe I'll just start with my bonus sixth. <laughs> All right. And the reason that's a bonus is because none of those are actually on the podcasts. They were always edited out. But it became <laughs> a running joke how Tom always needs to run to the bathroom during the recording <laughs> of these podcasts. <laughs> hang, on, hang on, guys. i got to run to the bathroom. <laughs> I tell him, go in advance or cross your legs. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Want me to start? Sure. Okay. I'll, I'll be. I'll do a nice, nice one for my number five, and that was. Um, I liked. I enjoy, as I was saying about the B sides comp- compilation episode. I, you brought up uh, the Magic in Your Eyes CD single. Actually, it's the You Dreamer CD single with those three great songs: yeah. Mag- Magic in Your Eyes, Ice Cream Smile, and Bianca. And I, I really had forgotten about those songs. I mean, not completely, of course, but I hadn't thought about them much. And uh, so when you brought those up, it just really came back to me how great those songs are. And uh, I went back and listened to them again a number of times and really enjoyed them. And uh, and so that's that's when I started to think, oh, this is, you know, it's fine as a good, is making some good contributions to the show. Because that was something I wouldn't have necessarily jumped out at me with B-sides and and. Probably you bringing those up really did 
puts push those up further on my list, you know, mm-hmm. besides not not quite up in the top ten category, but uh, further than I had thought about them before because they are really nice songs, really nice, interesting songs. And and when we spoke to Bruce uh, about them too, which uh, is on episode twelve, that maybe some of you have heard by now. Um, he mentions as well. He kind of lit up when you when you mentioned those. I love uh, those. Yeah. Those were recorded um, up in Scotland, um, and I love those songs. They're really, again, not something you'd expect big country to come out with. Yeah, he must have had a similar reaction. So yeah, that was that was good. I I like that moment. That was a good. That was a good perfect example of what I was saying about, you know, why I didn't want to do a show all by myself because, getting those extra little thoughts and opinions in there makes it so much mm. more interesting it helps that i went through every single before the show and i i pretty much had the same reaction oh my god you know i had never forgotten about them because i i love them and i have them on compilation cds i always have a big country cd in every sort of space i can find myself in so we have some in the car i have some at work i have all over the house <laughs> and uh, they find themselves onto them uh, so, yeah, so my number five, and uh, this might be a little narcissistic in some degree, but uh, it's uh, it's such a sweet moment, and uh, it contrasts a lot of what has been said in various forums after. But my number five top uh, Tom moment is Tom's unusually glowing and extremely complimentary introduction of Swine in episode three. <laughs> You know, we've we've kept in touch and corresponded. He's someone who whose opinion I really respect, and he's got a lot of intelligent insights on the band, and he knows a lot about the band's history, and he's just a good, great big country fan to talk to. Good source of big country knowledge. <laughs> so uh, so uh, your introduction there, really, you know, I've, I've known you for 20 years. I didn't know, man. <laughs> it was very unusually glowing, extremely complimentary. And when you look at certain things that came out various places later, what happened? You know, <laughs> magic is gone. <laughs> now <it's laughs> Our so, mystery is gone. Yeah. So so that was a very nice introduction. I, I really appreciate it. Um I uh, obviously have never said anything in in return, <laughs> and now it's you. All right. Well, number four for me is um is just a kind of a funny little moment, and th- this is I I can't I'm sure you'll be able to tell me, but I I can't remember the episode this was in, but um it was the B one of the B sides episode, probably the probably episode four. Okay. And it was your impression of the restless natives line from. <laughs> <laughs> from the movie uh that just really cracked me up and the beginning is so beautiful it's that yeah it almost ruins it and, yeah and then they come ronnie do you want to come tomorrow <laughs> it's all finished now isn't it i was waiting for that one <laughs> that, that really was funny so funny hearing a scandinavian doing a scottish accent <laughs> but it was funny. It's very yeah, funny. Hopefully, unlike your pronunciation of my name. Hjort Hoog. Hjort Hoog. Hjort Hoog. Uh, what I did was a piss take. <laughs> so, and, and, and the fun thing about that was it was totally unplanned. We were just getting into those god-awful voices. They are so <laughs> annoying. And uh, it just sort of got out of me. And See, you, it, you, you are more annoyed by them than me. I, I don't – I certainly uh, – shared shared your thoughts to some degree but uh yeah i I just 
Yeah, it just just cracked me up how how angry it made you. <laughs> you did that voice. <laughs> I believe I was talking about how beautiful that guitar interlude and the background music is. It, it yeah. really is atmospheric and quite gorgeous. And then you have those voices just suddenly plunging over it. And <laughs> right. it, it, it totally ruins that bit. So, yeah, I'm not that angry and annoyed at it, but there's no denying it ruins the mood that the music is building up. And that annoys me. Well, I think we I think we upset at least a couple people a little bit with that, because I remember some people talking about, you know, gosh, I'm surprised you don't like Restless Natives. And yeah, I love that movie. I know there are a lot of people out there who love that movie. And uh, I, I can't say that I hate it or anything but i i don't i just i don't i don't think it's that great of a movie to be honest with you i just think the the great thing about it is the music obviously but um for that i'd rather hear the soundtrack than watch the movie but yeah um, exactly but, but yeah i agree that, that it, it would be nice to have a, a copy of restless natives without that in there i don't think that's gonna happen and without the drum machine <laughs> yeah we're <we'll> have to that <laughs> <laughs> right okay so uh, i'll get to my number four then and that is uh, episode six and uh, i've called this little segment tom makes sure sign gets caught with his pants down in the keep on dreaming discussion we were discussing this song and i was saying it's a good song but it's not necessarily a song that is that stand out and rightly they haven't played it live and you were quick to say but they have played it live and then you cut straight to the live version. And you really <laughs> caught me with my pants down there. They're right. They haven't picked it to play live. I, but I think I like it at this point in the album. Uh, I think it's a good song with some great lyrics. They and did used to play this live, you know. We like to do uh, a new number for you now. It's called... <laughs> That's an old one. Sorry. It's called Keep On Dreaming. In the discussion, it was like, they have played it live, haven't they? Yeah, and let's check. And oh, they did play it live. <laughs> of course, through, through the power of editing, uh, as I said, Tom makes sure Swain gets caught with his pants down. <laughs> discussion. So, <laughs> but I have to admit, it's pretty damn funny. Okay, so number three for me is another impression that you did. And uh, another thing that I thought was very funny, and that... This is kind of a multi-part one because it, it, you you spoke of these people a few times, and I'm st- I'm talking about the singing ladies on No Place Like Home, and um, when we, when we got into our leap of faith discussion, you did a really funny impression of of Stewart singing that part at the end of Leap of Faith, and you were saying like, yeah, and then he joins in with them. He's like, Leap of Faith. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the worst bit to me is the return of the horrible singing ladies. They are never more out of place on this album than on this song. And uh, the end of the song is totally ruined. They turn it into the soul train at the end there. So this song has a very established mood and feel at that point. And it, yeah, they, they just totally ruined what they spent the song building. And what kills me is that Stuart tries to join in. He, he tries to join in with the ladies and sing with them in the same style. Uh, the leap of faith. And he, he, he tries to, to – that part really kills me. And then earlier in the show, too, I, I'd, I'd forgotten that the singing ladies were in one of those songs, maybe You, Me, and the Truth. I can't remember which one it was. And, and you said, yes. You just almost started screaming. And good Lord, those singing ladies, die. 
Well, they're, in this, they're, they're in this they're, too, aren't they? I forgot you, about that. You bet they're in this. They're all over the place, and it's driving nuts. Yeah, I think uh, I remember listening back to the part where I described Stuart trying to join with the ladies at the end of Leap of Faith. And, uh, <laughs> I, I obviously like the song a whole lot better than you, but that is a section where I sink to your depths in my disappreciation of what's going on. <laughs> yes. He, he tries to join them, and uh, I, I remember listening back at how really just upset by sound that he, he tries to join them and it really gets to me and uh, yeah well I'm he's, actually, he's not a blues singer he should he should never have attempted blues type of singing uh, yeah so um, my number three i've called it tom's outrage at science ranking of leap of faith <laughs> <laughs> We, we, we need to try and surprise each other a bit more. So let's see. I'll surprise you by ranking this song number five. Number five. Oh, talk about deranged. There's a couple of things that are interesting in this whole exchange, which is one of the more frank exchanges I think we've had. Uh, first of all, the one line that really brings this to number three, and that's when I say I'm going to surprise you by ranking this number five and it's really what comes out of you next i think that's the most honest reaction that we get from you in the entire episode and this comes from the guy who is normally a diplomat a measured guy a guy who can't be critical and i say it's i rank it number five and i get number five oh talk about deranged and then you compose <laughs> yourself and and then you compose yourself and okay um and you tried to put it behind. So, so that sort of that outburst. Sometimes you actually have an outburst on each other, and it's hilarious. You gotta have more of them. Clearly, I need to. I need to have more of them. I need to work on that. Another interesting thing about this whole section is I call you a deranged lunatic. There's no reaction. I I, I, I tell that I ranked this song number five. I get outrage. <laughs> so, <laughs> so clearly we have uh, personal limits that uh, work a little strange in a Kerchival household. That the range <laughs> lunatic is okay. Uh, ranking certain songs a certain way is. Uh, it's outrage. So yeah, that, that. Well, I can be. I can take. I take some pride in being called a deranged lunatic sometimes. <laughs> it's not so bad. Maybe it's a step up. All right. Well, all right. My number two. Um, is what I think is a very funny moment. It's, I'm going to call this um, Svein's uh, failed journalism or something. I don't know what, but it, it, <laughs> it, it, cra- it just really cracked me up. Is when we were speaking to Bruce um, in, the, uh, in episode 12, you, you say, <laughs> it just was so funny, the exchange. Okay, I just uh, remember something from a country club magazine about drummers that... You actually were very close to hiring Simon Phillips for No Place Like Home, but you got Mark in the last second. Is that true? No, it's completely untrue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's, uh, that settles that. I'm sure you're making this up, Spine. You're just pulling it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling it out Make of my arse. <laughs> yeah, but some of those things, I mean, um, the Simon Phillips thing came from Country Club, which, uh, you know, uh, its valid- validity as a reliable source has seriously been damaged <laughs> i don't remember that at all I'll, I'll take your word for it i don't i just don't remember it yeah i saw that recently i actually researched it for the no place like home episode and i think i even mentioned it during those episodes but uh, okay you know he set the record straight i'll, I'll take his word for it uh, i can't remember really who said it which is why i didn't really pursue it 
he put up with all, with us uh, asking him all these geeky questions. So yeah, especially the snare drum discussion on, yeah. the, on restless natives. You can hear our disbelief, and uh, I think I even say I have to take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You had me worried there for a minute. I thought, uh oh, he's gonna piss Bruce off. He's gonna start arguing with Bruce. You liar. <laughs> yeah, you said, I'm just going to have to take your word for it. <laughs> Shit! Are we at number two now? Um, you are at number two, yes. Okay, so my number two. Uh, I'm still on episode seven, and I call this segment Tom's Backpedaling on Leap of Faith. <laughs> I guess I could say that this is this is as close as I come to strongly disliking a big country song i uh, no i i gotta just say it. this is as close as i come to hating a big country song i don't like to say that because i don't like to say that i hate anything that big country does and i i don't honestly do not hate this song but it's as close as i could ever come to it this is this is just such a funny section it sounds <laughs> like you start out with saying this is as close as you come to strongly disliking a big country song then you change your mind to no i gotta say it it's as close as I come to hating a song. <laughs> and, uh, and then it starts, I don't like to say it. Well, I, I, I don't like to say I hate anything. And I, I honestly don't hate the song, but, but it's as close as... Uh, it, it, um, and it's just very clearly an uncomfortable spot for Tom the Diplomat to be in. <laughs> you, you have to admit, uh, you know, the word hate in a big country context. And that clearly is something you're not comfortable doing. And... I, I, I can see it to some degree, but it's really just how this whole section comes across that is hilarious, more than the <laughs> message itself. It's <laughs> like, how much should I say? I'll, I'll go a little bit out. No, a little more. No, a little bit back. And uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> sort of adjusting yourself as you go along. And I think that's such I, a I, moment. It's, it's a very, very Tom moment. Yes, it is. There's no doubt. There's no denying that. But it, I mean, it is true. I, I cannot say that I hate that song. I, I don't. I honestly don't hate it. I I just I just strongly dislike. No. <laughs> just, yeah, now you're back to how you started. <laughs> then you made it stronger. And then, yeah. No, I I really I really don't hate it, but it, it's yeah. That's that's my least favorite song in the Big Country catalog. Let's let's say that by far. Yeah, and it's got to be one, right? So why not this one? All right. Well, my number one. You know, you you would probably imagine what this is. Um. And that's that's your now infamous "you, me, and the truth" rant. So uh, you, me, and the truth. Oh my God! You want the truth? I don't think we can handle the truth. Um, <laughs> not quite sure. Faith? Um, yeah. How should I put it? I'll say this: musically, and you touched on this already. The song has nothing to do with big country. Yeah. Even on no place like home, this song is a strange and uneasy fit. The guitars are noodling. It's uh, it's jazz fusion shit. The rhythm is strange. It reminds me of beach bongos. So the whole mood is is close to the jazz club strange thing. I find this song to be tripe. It's abysmal. This is as close to as big country ever came to playing music. So it's not just my least favorite song on No Place Like Home. This is the worst big country song ever. You know, Svein is has pegged me as the diplomat and he's he's right in the sense i am definitely much very much like that and um i've i've pegged him with his overanalyzing and and just you know just very calculated with what he does <laughs> and never has that been more clear than with the you me and the truth rant because 
you guys didn't even hear the real you, me, and the truth rant. He Smine Smine went on a, just a rampage on, on you, me, and the truth, and and most of that is is on the um the the episode that you've heard. But what was funny to me is that you know I I have such a long history of of my issues with the leap of faith song, and it was kind of all played up in that episode that, Oh, when are we going to get to leap of faith? And when are we going to get to leap of faith? And Tom is just going to go off on this song and, and destroy it. And I certainly didn't expect that I would be, I would be beaten in my vitriol for a song by Svine for his vitriol for you, me and the truth. And, and, uh, I, I would, I would have to venture to say that, that uh, you outdid me on that one with your dislike for that song. <laughs> yeah, but the actual emotion that lies behind the statement is something that you hide better than me. Yes. You might still feel this way. You just can't express it that way. That's true. That's a, that's a true point. That's a, that's a good point. But, uh, you know, I, I have to say, though, you know, over the years, I kind of like I said on the show, like early when No Place Like Home came out and maybe for a few years afterwards, I probably would have reacted that way about that song. But I've, I've sort of, I've said it so many times that, it, that it, I don't feel that anger for the song anymore. So maybe you hadn't had the chance to say your piece about you mean the truth as much. <laughs> it's, it's really the opposite for me because I hate that song more now than I did when the album came. <laughs> okay. It's gotten worse over the years. <laughs> so you're catching me at my peak, the peak of my hatred. What was what was funny though, and and what was good, you know, to your credit, you, you were you were obviously concerned about that rant because you you you've said and and you said that in the show that you wanted to make sure that you at least gave good explanations for why you disliked the song so strongly. Yeah. And you didn't feel you had done that on that show. So, uh, should I reveal the secret of that episode? Yeah, I can reveal it. All right. Most of the rant that uh, happened initially is intact. It's actually just the end bit that's missing. And uh, this is the one and only time I've asked to re-record a short segment and put that in place in the episode. So you have most of my initial rant, and then I go a bit more into the analytics because as you say, it it was too one-sided. And I actually worked myself up to such a point that I forgot all the arguments and the reasons and uh, yeah, I think I said something to the point of uh, I can't even say anything productive about this song. I can just point out how awful <laughs> it is. And uh, I, just, I just left it at that. I actually got I, I got upset. So so you backpedaled. Yeah, I heard it. I didn't backpedal. I said, <laughs> I got to insert something. I, you can include all that shit, but I got to add something to it to, to give some context here. <laughs> so I, I stand by everything I say. But uh, it needs to be the complete statement and not just the the frothing uh, frenzy. Right. So, so, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I uh, I would be surprised if you didn't have that as your number one. <laughs> yeah, that that was my number one. That was fun. That was a fun. That was I a would fun moment. Put it as my number one too. All right. Now uh, I'm re- I'm looking forward to what's number one for me. Yeah. Well, a lot of people pointed out that this segment was very very witty, and. Um, it's uh, something that you more put together than something you said. Although you did, <laughs> I know what it is. Yeah, you did a, do a good version of this yourself on the uh, recording, but you actually replaced it with uh, the real deal. And this is episode nine, 
Mike's announcing of songs. <laughs> if there's one criticism I have of Mike, and it's not even really a criticism, it's just something I, I kind of wish he would hold back on a little bit, um, is his announcing of the songs. And I only I only get this when I listen to some of some of these bootlegs in order, but it's like I'm thinking of the Dundee bootleg especially, which is one of the one of the better quality ones circulating, but it's like every song he announces it as if he's announcing a wrestling match. So many people have said that this is hysterical, and honestly, it is. I laugh every time I hear that segment. <laughs> and um, yeah, on the recording, you did your own impersonations, uh, but obviously, actually hearing Mike do it and put it in order and <laughs> in, in that context, it, it, it really cracks me up. And I, I was planning on doing that even even before the pot we did the podcast. <laughs> I thought it would be a great great little bit. Yeah, I mean, how could we not? And uh, I mean, our love for Mike should be very clear. We we uh, we appreciate him so much, and we're so glad he's part of the band. So uh, we, we've said this many times. Please don't take it the wrong way. I think everybody knows we're we're not meaning any malice with this, but it's really such a good fun moment. And uh, <laughs> I I don't know if he cut back on it recently or if this was just this initial excitement uh, of, of playing with the band but i think everybody who hears this segment is gonna forever listen out for it <laughs> i know well i have to say that like i said on the facebook page i i haven't heard him in many subsequent shows i haven't heard him do it nearly as much and the thing is, is that every one of those bites was from the same show yeah and so i i might have heard him do like uh do it once in a show, but I haven't heard him do it nearly as much. So I don't know if it's just one of those things that he became aware of and just decided to tone it back a little bit, or if he just, you know, like you said, he was just overcome with just emotion and excitement early on. Yeah. But, um, he's known to do. Yeah. And it, it's such a typical Mike thing to do. I mean, and, and like you say, you know, we, we love Mike and we didn't mean anything bad, but I felt kind of bad, you know, putting it out there, especially when I, when I realized that the the possibility of the band actually listening to this, yeah, you know, so I think we can call this the Great Divide initiation to Mike. Welcome to Big Country. This is what you're in for, buddy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh no, he'll never speak to us. Shut up! Okay, so so that's wonderful. That those are the top five moments we could uh, come up with at the top of our heads, mostly. But uh, we'll see if one year from now we have more top five moments to uh, to come up with. We, yeah, let's uh, hope so. Yeah, hopefully we do. Uh, and we'll also go into a bit the top three favorite episodes uh, of of the year. Uh, we have twelve really episodes to choose from, but uh, I think. Uh, Obviously, the Bruce ones are going to be very special for us, and I don't think we can realistically top them right now. So uh, what I suggested was that both Tom and myself just label those the Bruce episodes. We put that as a number one, and that gives us a chance to pick two other shows as number two and three, uh, which makes this a lot more interesting than, yeah, number one is Bruce, number two is Bruce, number three, yeah, that's Bruce too. <laughs> so um, 
uh, yeah. And uh, what do you have? Do you have a favorite of the Bruce episodes? I know you haven't. As as we record this, you haven't heard the finished episode twelve yet. But uh, I haven't heard the final edit of number twelve, so it's hard to to say. But um, I think uh, number eleven covers the albums that I think means the most to me and to most people. Yeah. But uh, I would, you know, I'm I'm genuinely excited about twelve as well. And uh, and ten, <laughs> it's really hard. We we recorded this in one sitting, so it's hard for me to think of it as three different episodes, which is also why it makes sense to just call them the Bruce episodes. Right. So I could I couldn't say. Ask me in a year, and I'll probably have a definite favorite. I look forward to one day, just you know, whether it's on a long drive or something, listening to all three of them back to back. Yeah. Back to back to back. Yeah, so, okay, the top three favorite episodes of 2012. So I can just go ahead. Uh, number one, Bruce episodes. And my number two and three are sort of related. I put the No Place Like Home part two and three, respectively, on those places. Mm. And uh, to me, those are the two episodes where I felt ourselves starting to gel and really take off and uh, and have interesting exchanges. And when I listen back to them, I... Uh, I so I sometimes impress myself. You know, there there are rants on there I never thought I would do. <laughs> um, I make you explode once. Um, there there are little things going on, and I I think we're starting to find uh, and infuse a certain humor as well. There, there's a glint in the eye here and there. There's certainly seriousness, and and we took it very seriously. We we prepared quite a bit for those episodes. And, uh, uh, of course, I'll admit I needed a couple of episodes to get started with this thing. Uh, I'm not the diplomat you are. I need to get in a mindset to talk on such a, in such a setting. <laughs> and uh, starting almost cold in episode three. And uh, I kept saying, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got a retake, retake, line. <laughs> yeah. Ed uh, so editing I nightmare. Yeah, I, I'm sure it was. <laughs> I'm actually sure it was. It was so, that no bad. Place Like Home, part two and three, I'm very happy with personally that I felt I was starting to get into this thing. And also that we, uh, that's when I felt that this could work. My favorite would be, um, it definitely would be one of the No Place Like Home ones too, but I don't know which one. Uh, it would be either, it would either be six or seven. Um... And yeah. I, I guess I'd have to I guess I'd have to say seven because that had our our leap of faith and you mean the truth rants. And uh, so I enjoyed those. But I also enjoyed. I think the other one I would pick would be the third one because I, I just like the, um, you know, I, even though you were definitely getting your your feet wet. I just like the whole feeling of of starting with that, you know, setup, And uh, it was it was fun. It was it was it was fun to do the show with two people and compare notes and compare the B sides and, or the non-album tracks, or whatever you want to call them. So that was, that was like the, the, a big episode. So I would, I would pick probably like seven and three. Okay. As my favorites. <laughs> okay. So we were going to go quickly into, um, our least favorite episodes. Uh, there's probably something we could do better. There's always going to be something we wish we could redo. And uh, I I don't know about you, but I have a very clear favorite for least favorite episodes. And uh, that is, uh, it has nothing to do with who was on the line. 
Uh, it has nothing to do really with what we discussed, but it has something to do with it just felt very heavy and my sound quality was really shit. And that's episode eight. Uh, we were going to discuss the so-called non-barren barren years. Uh, we got John on and it was scaring up to really be a good episode. And I had such a setback with my mic. It, I, I don't know. I, I think that's the worst I've ever sounded on any podcast. And uh, I can't listen to myself on that episode. And I just have to apologize for everybody who has to listen to that kind of sound quality. That was a big step back. Uh, hopefully you won't get that again. So obviously that, that influences heavily how I feel about that episode. But also it turned out to be a very long and heavy episode. I think that was the first one we did. That was 150 yeah, you know, one hour fifty minutes. Yeah, and that's uh, I think we found out since that that's a bit too long. It's too much to digest in one sitting, and uh, well, that's how much info we had. So we sort of trudged through it, uh, and uh, even though we had John on, who is such a good guest, has so many good insights. Uh, on some level, it doesn't work as well for me as it should, but just to prove that it doesn't have anything to do with John. The next one works a whole lot better. And that was, again, the three of us. So it was purely just it felt very heavy and maybe it could have been trimmed or planned better. And that's also partially my fault because I put uh, the plan together for the episode. And we used that plan as we went through it and it just turned out to be too much. So that's a learning and hopefully it keeps improving. It's two steps forward, one step back. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's my impression of here's my impression of Svein on episode nine. Hello, everybody. This is Sven Hjortug. You mean episode eight? I despise, I despise all of these. Yes, this is episode eight, not episode nine. But this reveals Tom's attention to detail. <laughs> right. right. I, it's because I always know you will correct me. But today we are going to speak about all of the post-big country projects. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah, you know, you know, I think the problem with that episode is that the sound, the, yeah, the, there was something definitely going on there. It didn't sound as bad to me at first, um, but then listening back, especially, it really hit me. Uh, we, I, I probably should have noticed it even more, and and stopped it, and and you know, but John was here. He was he was visiting me at the time, and we were, you know, he couldn't come back because he was visiting from New Jersey, so we pretty much just had to do it, and. Um, I think I think uh, it doesn't bother me nearly as much as it bothers you, obviously, because it's, it it would bother me a lot if it was if it had been me as well. But for me, that whole episode is my least favorite too. But mainly because just the content. I mean, that's what that's what is mainly the problem for me. I mean, it it was interesting. It was an episode we had to do and get out of the way. Because yeah, and and, and that's exactly how it feels like. It feels like it was something we had to do. Yeah. Uh, it it might not have been my topic of choice for that one but it felt like a natural thing we were heading towards the current day stuff and i think we both felt we had to deal with that stuff and so we did it more out of a sense of duty and obligation yes rather than uh, something we planned and look forward to so that's also part of the plan and that's how it, it felt it felt yeah. very obligatory and a bit that way, but obviously lots of cool stuff in there. And I mean, your production, as always, is fantastic. That's why I keep you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we we also haven't mentioned the technical difficulty because we tried to record it one time first, and yeah. then, you know 
I'm almost glad we got that power failure. So after, I think, 25 minutes, the power in Tom's house went out and that sort of effectively stopped uh, that session. Right. But I think that session was, it didn't feel good. And I think um, you rambled for 10 minutes in the intro and it yes. just took off from there. We just it, it was shaping up to be a three-hour episode. Yes. Uh, so that helped in terms of uh, we got more snappy. It was one of those things where I think, you know, it was hard. I just I just wasn't incredibly passionate about some of the, the subject matter, but there were a lot of good things that came out about it. And you know, for me personally, one of the great things was kind of re- rediscovering Bruce's solo stuff because I've really grown to love a lot of that. So, um, and then a lot of interesting stuff, too, that I'd never even heard of before, and I got to hear it. And um, I, I think we should also, you know, take a moment to really thank John because – John John Guvea has been really really helpful to us on this show. He he's you know like he's definitely the third member of the show, even though he's not on every show. Um, he'll be on future shows, but John has been just an incredible help to us. He hosts these podcasts for us on his site. He's recently um, I don't even know if you know this fine, but he's recently created a new domain for the site, which is just BigCountryPodcast.com. So if you go if you go to bigcountrypodcast.com you'll go to his site now. You don't have to go through the info page and then, you know, whatever the address was. So if you go to just bigcountrypodcast.com you'll go to the site which is hosted by John Guvea. And um John has just been so great and such a great resource and you know, we really want to thank him for for all he's done and continues to do. I mean, he's always he's always answers every question quickly if I if I need a file of something that I don't have, I always go to John first. And do you by any chance have this? And within minutes, there it is in my inbox. So, I mean, he's been a huge help to the editing process of the show and, and getting some clips together and and uh, just offering his insights. And, you know, so and of, and of course, hosting the show. I mean, one of the first things that I did when I started the show was just asking you know, if does anyone have any free web space out there they, they're not using who wants to host the show because I didn't have any. And John just piped right up and said, yeah, I've got some old web space hanging around here. And uh, he's been kind enough to host the shows and make it look really won- wonderful and presentable and gives us like little download stats that we can track the downloads that you guys have. And uh, he's been great. So John's is a is a big part of this show, too. And and uh got to give him props for everything he's done so thanks john yeah definitely john is the reason for the season <laughs> Shut all right yeah so um i thought we would end this episode by mentioning some of the correspondence we received i mean we really received quite a few emails and letters and feedback through the facebook page and uh and many, many other places. Uh, so the first one I have on my list is a comment from Dave Craig, who uh, this is more uh, a recent comment to uh, to the last few episodes. And he says, wow, where to start? How about holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. You actually got Bruce Watson to talk to you. And you, you asked good, insightful questions as only true fans would. Wow, I was giddy like a schoolgirl listening to the discussion and hanging on every word. <laughs> so... Um, that's uh, that's how we feel. Uh, that wow, wow, we're talking to Bruce Watson, and we feel like giddy schoolgirls talking. And uh, uh, I um, I can't believe how the time flew when we did that thing. You know, four hours, and 
I'm not going to say it felt like one hour or anything like that. I think we were pretty beat at the end. Yeah, even I was beat. Yeah, I think we got to the point where this this is it. You know, you get tired and we almost like we got more tired than Bruce. Yeah, it almost did seem like that toward the end. And that's probably because we, we were, you know, so thought we were just thinking so hard about wanting to ask the right questions and, you know, wanting to get everything that we could out of the time that we had with them. Yeah, definitely. And, and obviously, you know, there are things that we didn't get to that we would have liked to and, and that kind of thing. I'm sure there are some questions people still have out there that they wish we would have asked. But, you know, when when you when you're trying to get through somebody's 30 year discography in even three hours, it's you're going to have to, you know, pick and choose. I also wanted to read one from Liam Davey, who says, hi, just want to thank you for your hard work in the podcast series. I, too, am a longtime fan of the band. I have come out to see the live gigs with the additions of Mike and Jamie, and I guess I am lucky to live in the UK, where I take for granted the ease of seeing the band with relatively little traveling involved. Not so for yourselves. Uh, no kidding. Uh, as I live in the northeast of England, it's not too far to travel to see the upcoming gigs at both Confirmland and Iverness. I do, however, find myself at a bit of a crossroads with Tony leaving the band and Derek arriving. I have not booked my tickets yet, and I'm not sure I will. Uh, as I'm finding this strange. Uh, I attended the re-release of The Crossing in London earlier this year and thought that was fantastic. It's like I'm wondering, do I call it a day now or do I keep going? I really cannot answer myself at the moment, uh, but thank you so much for the podcast. podcast. You guys are great. Uh, and I thought that the email was very interesting because this touches on something that I know a lot of people are feeling right now. Uh, it is a crossroads. Uh, like the band has found itself at the crossroads, so does the fans. And I think Mike has said this very well in interviews himself, that now we need to make the crossing from the time with Stuart to the time of the new band. And some fans will get along and will make that crossing with them and start the new journey. You know, that's going to be the cliche of uh, 2013. But uh, it's very true. It rings very true. And uh, you have people attending the shows and they look fantastic but still they wonder so liam i hope you got those tickets i hope you're part of the new journey like everybody else uh, is it fair to say tom that both of us had doubts immediately after the tony news broke yeah i think that's very fair i, I was definitely upset about that when tony when we heard that tony left you know it, it was it's it was hard to to think of the band continuing without Stuart, but enough time had passed that I was much more willing to accept it. And uh, certainly Mike was the perfect choice. Obviously, we've talked about that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, losing another core member like Tony was a was a big hit and something that I did not see coming. Um, so yeah, you know, I totally understand people who just say, "Hey, I can't I can't continue with this anymore because it's, to me it's not big country and." I, I get that. I understand it. I don't. I don't share that feeling, but I. I understand it. But um, it still can be great. And I think uh, there's a lot of greatness that I personally have heard from some of the new stuff they're working on. You know, it, so I'm. I'm excited about it. And I just feel like they. They. They are a band. They're not throwing something together just to make. You know, to make uh, cash and to get. You know, to make something off of the big country name. I mean. You know, they helped create that name, Mark and Bruce. And uh, Tony's given it his blessing, even though he's left. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's it's something worth 
following along still. So mm. I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, and uh, hopefully people will hear the album and like that because it seems like people are not liking the lineup change and the new people. Yet there is so limited new music. They made another country. Tony was still with the guys. Right. Then they made a change with Tony leaving, and suddenly it's much less. And we're still yet to hear the music that's going to come out. So hopefully people will listen to the music and decide based on that. And, and as we record this, they've they've pl- they've released um, or at least had played on the radio, uh, the Derek Forbes show, the the full track of "Make the Journey," and you sent that link to me. Um, just that link real- is also on the new official Big Country site, or will be very soon. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think I saw it there or somewhere on Facebook. So just real yeah. quick, what what do you think of uh, the song? What do you think of the? I know you've heard the song before, but what do you think of this reworking of it or this version of it? Yeah. Uh, I we, we discussed this in episode nine uh, based on early live version and I wasn't that thrilled with it at that point. Uh, the new and final version has me much relieved. Uh, it is a significant improvement and like I thought, hearing the instruments clearly and having it a bit more fleshed out range wise uh, is uh, is definitely a relief. It yeah. was one of the songs I didn't like so much and now it's okay. So. Hopefully the others will lift similarly and get into the stratosphere. Yeah, I agree. I, I like it too. I I think it's a it's a it's a good starting point, and it's it's a strong song. It's a strong song. Yeah, it better be because this is going to be the theme song to everything that's happening. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. It probably will be their first single, I would imagine. Yeah, they probably leaked it for a reason. I think, isn't this how you release singles in this day and age? You just leak it yeah. to the radio, the radio plays, and that's your single. I know. I don't even have any clue as to how they how they would go about it these days. As we talk about singles, it's like there almost isn't even a point of a single anymore. But Yeah, single means they tell the radio station, play this song. <laughs> that's the single. So, right. yeah. So I don't know what hope that gives me for B-sides and uh, later down the road. Uh, I have another message here. This comes from probably our youngest listener. You know, if there's anyone younger out there, please get in touch. Uh, so this is from uh, Kara Koyul. Apologies in advance if I misspell your name. Uh, I'm listening to your podcast right now, and it is amazing. Thanks for doing it. Listening to the B-side countdown, I'm so shocked there weren't more older B-sides on it. All of us would definitely be on my list. I think Svein and I have different tastes. Bah. You're not uh, alone, Kara. Yeah, there, there you go. you got to have one different one out there. Uh, I like earlier Big Country a lot more than recent, but I thoroughly enjoy both. Over the Border is awesome. It always manages to get chills down my spine. Uh, I'm an 18-year-old United States dedicated fan, and I have been for six years. I first picked up The Crossing because a copy from the library was sitting around in my house. After listening to a lot of their stuff on YouTube, I soon realized I needed to have older albums, studio, rarities, live, etc. I don't yet, but I have a good majority. My family and friends don't share my love. They all dislike or are indifferent towards the country. Actually, my friend told me they were on some Forbes list for 50 worst bands. Whenever I post a big country related status, my sister replies with how much they suck. And that won't (laughs) stop me. I'm not ashamed that I quoted them for my senior quote in the yearbook because I will always love them. Big country has honestly helped me grow from being a girl to an adult, and I'm internally grateful to them. Uh, I kind of went off on a tangent, but I really think the podcast is a great thing. If you ever get out of ideas for it, I'm always willing to share my story a little more. And this just reminded me of myself growing up. You know, I'm an old fart. I'm in my 40s now, and uh, so are you, probably. No. No. 
So I'm older. I'm the old part on this show. <laughs> no, I'm I am as well. <laughs> yeah, in your fifties even. I'm lying. I'll be honest. <laughs> no, I'm not in my fifties. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's you know being a teen and growing up. That, that's more than half our lives ago. But uh, you think back, and the bands you like at that age is really a big important part of your image. And if you pick something uncool. Uh, you know, by heavens, you becoming cool with them. So to stick by your guns and liking a band and uh, daring to like that band and saying, I like this band, no matter how much your friends or your family tell them that you suck, I, I really respect that. And it reminds me so much of myself and of something that I really forget over the years that, it, you know, as you get older, it doesn't matter. You, eventually, you all you like is old people music anyway. You, you stop like in order the new, the young people like something different than when you yourself was young, so so I just found that very charming and 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 good to see that the, there are still people out there, young people who like big country, not just like them but stick by it even if they have to take crap for it. So, Kara, that's a lot of respect there. Yeah, definitely. Kara's email um, struck me too because because of her age being eighteen, and it was it's great. It's great to see young people. You know, you know, getting into the band, uh, it's, it's so cool. It kind of reminds me of when I was in school, when I was that age, and, you know, people would get into Led Zeppelin or some band that had been around that seemed to me at the time, you know, like an old band even then, and uh, or, or, you know, 60s music or whatever when I was in, in, in high school in the 80s. So um, it's great. It's great that people are, are into them still. And, um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I can't really add much more to what you said, but... Uh, yeah, it reminds me of when I used to wear my my Kiss t-shirts to school when I, they were completely uncool and hated in America, and I used to get constant grief for that. But I I stuck by it, wore my Kiss shirt proudly. So I can't imagine anyone saying big country sucks, but you know, I guess I guess I can. I guess it's not for anyone for everyone, but um, yeah, that's great, Kara. That's great that you that you listen to the show and that you uh, you know, are are flying the big country flag. I'm sure you. I'm sure you will recruit some of your friends. So the last message I had picked to do that has a bit of questions for us and show requests. So maybe we can run through those requests uh, at the end. Uh, this comes from Mark Grebin, who says, "Just a quick line to congratulate you on the podcast. Honestly, can't recall coming across anything that captures the fan experience better than this in many a long year." Uh, your enthusiasm and love of the music burns through. It's just exceptional stuff. Thank you. And he has show requests. So maybe I'll just read them and you can quickly uh, sort of comment on them. Okay. And by so, the way, Mark Mark has a really cool Quincy avatar. In case no one knows what Quincy is, it was a show in America with Jack Klugman. And uh, I, I noticed his, I used to love that show. So I noticed his Jack, Jack Klugman Quincy avatar immediately. But go ahead. Maybe he'll switch it now. <laughs> I've complimented <laughs> on him, him on that before, so. Okay, nice. Yeah, uh, you're obviously going to do Steel Town, right? <laughs> yes, we are going to do Steel Town. We're, I mean, we plan on doing all the albums, um, but of course, there, you know, there's a limited number of albums, so we don't want to, don't want to do all of them too quickly. I think we're, I think we're definitely, it's definitely time for us to dump, dive into another album here, and we're going to do that soon, but. Um, it won't be Steel Town, but we will do Steel Town. I think both Spine and myself want to do something uh, special for Steel Town, even more than just our standard track by track talking about it, because 
I mean, I th- I think we both I think that that's the favorite album for both of us, and so yeah. we want we want to do something more than just oh this is so great this is so great this is so great, and um, who knows what that will be? We need we have to think about that. You know, maybe we can get a band member to talk about the album in more detail or something. Who knows? But we would definitely do Steel Town. We just want to make sure that we do a, a really special show for that. Yeah, I think we got to work our way up to it. Yeah. Yeah, and as we do more albums, we're, no doubt we get more ideas for how we could better approach this. So Maybe that would be the last show that we ever do. <laughs> the last one is Steel Town. Yeah, if, if we think like that, we'll probably never get to it. But, <laughs> no, but, it, it, you know, like every album, it's coming. That's, that's all we can say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the next one. Uh, next show request, the Dream Live Big Country set list slash top 10 big country shows. Oh, jeez. Uh, that's, that's fairly ambitious. Do, do we have to listen through everything and rank them? Because I think even myself, with my analytical skills, would be hard-pressed to take on something like that. <laughs> I, like dream- the, I like the idea of coming up with our, our dream set list, but yeah, it, it would be hard. It would be very hard. Yeah. Because you have to take it, you have to think about it. Would it be like a complete dream set list or would it be a realistic dream set list? You know, like, would you say, okay, you know they've got to play in a big country, they've got to play this, they got to play that. Or would you just do it a complete, you know, uh, a complete dream where they don't play any of the big hits. They play only, you know, B-sides and obscurities and all that. (laughs) I don't know how you would approach that. but I think uh, as long as we agree on anything that is a top 10 or a top list, as long as we agree on the definitions before, (laughs) that's one of our learnings from 2012, then we'll be okay. Yeah, I Uh, I do like the idea. I've thought about this before, talking like about specific tours. You know, maybe like favorite big country tours and talk about what was great about a certain tour or something like that. Uh, there's always the faithful which tracks should have been singles to stand by. I think that's an ongoing one in every one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that would be kind of an interesting uh, uh, discussion point for a show. I think, you know, to go through each album and say what should have been the single or what did they did they choose well or should they have chosen yeah. something different? Because I, I, I certainly, as their albums went as they went, you know, further along in their career, I certainly had questions with some of the singles that they released. Yeah, definitely. And uh, do we pick singles based on this one would have been commercially successful, or do we pick it on I like this song? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I think, oh, I think you got to you got to go for the commercially successful angle, and and hopefully you like it. I mean, as well since it's you know big country, but. I don't know if I'm going to even pretend to know what would be commercially successful. You know, it seems to be directly opposite of my own tastes. I know. Find out. Well, you have to put yourself in the ear of the album that was being released. And yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still living in that era (laughs) in my head. It's, it's, it never, it never progressed. Right. Uh, it's just a guess to hear Big Country getting the appreciation and discussion the music deserves. I draw the line at the two-hour symposium of Eggplant, but short of that, I'm going to be very happy to hear whatever you guys stick out there. So thank you very much. Um, it, every idea goes into the bank, and who knows what we're going to come up with next. So <laughs> please continue sending in uh, questions, email, feedback. Uh, we'll read it at the next uh, Yuletide episode. Exactly. If not before, we'll see. Yeah, and it's great feedback. It really does mean a lot because it's you know it just it's it's great to hear that people enjoy these things and you know it's really cool um, for me to to see people say that they have listened to this podcast in the same way that I listen to podcasts 
before I had the idea to do, or, you know, this one, how I enjoyed them. People are now enjoying one that I'm creating. So it's, it's really, really cool and, and rewarding. It makes yeah. all, it makes the work worthwhile. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So a final question of, uh, of the day, uh, what hopes do you have personally for 2013 for big country? What would make it a perfect year? Wow. Um, I would just say, it's a good question. I mean, I mean, obviously the, the thing that would be that you would most hope for is that they somehow get some sort of great resurgence and they, you know, they release a single that somehow just clicks with people and, and, uh, does very well and, and garners more airplay than you would have expected or, you know, more, um, press coverage than you would have expected. Um, but you know, who knows what's going to happen, but I, I guess, uh, I guess the most that I would hope realistically is that they release, you know, a really strong album that, that stands proudly alongside the heritage that big country has and the legacy of big country. Mm. And from all intents and purposes, I feel hope, very hopeful of that from this, from the songs that I've heard and the, the pieces that I've heard. Um, so I hope they do that. And I hope they, I hope they come to America, which it seems like they're going to come here, which has me very, very excited because they haven't been here since 1993. Um, they did play the one show in Nashville in 99, but that was just a one-off thing. They never toured here. So, um, it'll be very exciting for me to get a chance to see them here in America. And, yeah. um, you know, but that's all personal things uh, for them. I just, I hope that they, I hope they just receive, uh, you know, as much reward as, as they can from what they're doing. And that, I mean that both financially and, you know, spiritually or, or, you know, just, Personally, I hope they feel really good about what they're doing and feel proud about what they're doing and and they get respect and and the right amount of, of praise and that they're no yeah. longer, you know, that they're looked at as that they're given their proper place as being a great band that's been overlooked in the past. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's Those are very good wishes. And when I look at my own list, I feel very selfish. <laughs> Obviously, I'm waiting for the new album and uh, I have a very concrete hope that some of those songs will be new big country epics. Yeah. Uh, which uh, pr probably goes into what you said about sitting comfortly and proudly alongside their heritage. Uh, I, I firmly believe that the big country epics are part of their her heritage. So uh, that's definitely part of my wish there. Yep. Obviously, you know, uh, uh, a visit to Nor Norway wouldn't be too bad, you know, yeah, which yeah. is staying in my backyard. Uh, so please come over here. Um, Release tons of singles with juicy B-sides. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a big country tradition. You know, That would be cool if they that, did that. Yeah, really. You know, don't give up the B-sides. I mean, there's always an avenue to, to get those out there. And uh, obviously, I also have a point about I would love the band to get some level of success. Um, on a personal level, it would be great if they become such a household name that I don't have to explain who big country is to anyone. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that's a utopian one, but uh, I think they could make a splash. I would love for them to make a splash. Yeah, and who it's knows? Back to uh, the worth wildness that um, to keep doing this, it's got to be, it's got to reach a certain level of success. And I think everybody thinks it's it's well deserved and well overdue that they yeah. do it. Yeah, definitely. And I hope they can pull in uh, Mike's fans. Mike's fan base is not to be sneezed at. 
And I hope he can pull people into big country and you add the big country fan base. Suddenly you have a decent size there. Yep. Uh, I look forward to 2013 with you, Tom. It's been really fun. Thanks for letting me be part of this. Uh, uh, thanks for starting these things. And let's, uh, let's get it up and kicking in 2013. Definitely. Very much looking forward to it. And thank you guys for all your support. And, um, you know, just one thing about this episode, we don't we don't want this to come across as like us building ourselves up or talking about, oh, look what we've done or look at this. And, you know, one thing I would never want the podcast to become is like, which I which some podcasts I've listened to have become is, you know, the people involved start to think that they are the attraction. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know that we are not the attraction. We know the attraction is big country. And, uh, you know, getting we, we hope that we can bring you more cool stuff in the future like with good interviews and things like that and we've we've kind of established a little bit of a relationship with the band and and hopefully um we can continue that and grow it and get more people on and you know uh, basically all we want to do is make shows that we ourselves would love to listen to as fans of big country and that's what that was the impetus behind the bruce watson episodes that was the impetus behind this this show in general and um and uh, that's why, you know, in a lot of these episodes, especially with the Bruce interviews, the intros are very, very brief. Just like, let's get right into it, because I know that's what you want to hear. So, yeah, exactly. You know, so we're just we're we're just the the gatekeepers. And, uh, you know, big country is the reason everyone's listening. And, and we're looking forward to making more shows that we will we Spine and myself would enjoy. And we feel like if we enjoy them, you guys will, too. So. Definitely. I think there's one episode every year where we allow ourselves to talk about ourselves, and that's going to be the Yuletide episodes. That's right. So, so we just did it. We, we sort of take a look back at the year. I think we, we allow ourselves that. But now it's going to be a full, full year till next time. So thankfully, we can get into big country again. <laughs> that's right. Should be great. Well, thanks, right. Vine. And uh, thank you, John. Thank you, uh, Willie Welder, and everyone associated with the band who's been a help to us, too. And uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you have a great holiday, and we will talk to you next year. Happy New Year.